1: my favorite it's judd's hockey show
0: the whole process was a pretty long one so there was there was a lot more teams that that seemed to be in the mix maybe in the in the summer and uh you know maybe around the draft or whatever so process has been a long one um you know for a while i thought uh you know, maybe I was going to Minnesota and then, um, you know, there was even a small, uh, there, was a, there was a short time where I was like, wow, I really think it's a possibility I'm going to go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, that
1: was, that seemed like it could have gotten done. Ah, juicy mm-hmm. stuff there. Welcome into a Friday edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff, the Wild, has been off since, uh, what, they play Tuesday night? They will play um, Pittsburgh Saturday night. They will play the Islanders on Sunday, the first game at Pittsburgh, the second game at the X. And, uh, Declan, before we get to a uh, a bunch of uh, topics to get through here regarding the Wild, we knew that the Wild could have gotten Jack Eichel if they wanted him. right? And and he confirmed it there, basically, because if the word got to him, I'm guessing – It was confirmed to him that the wild, at one point in time, and we do think this was the case during the spring or summer, was very much involved. How interesting do you think it is now um, that that we that we know officially from the horse's mouth that Jack Eichel, the first place that it really looked like he might end up, was in Saint Paul, Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it confirms a lot of things. Number one, it wasn't just reckless speculation, um, and then two, that he literally thought he was going to. There was a good chance that he was going to come here because the Wild made a lot of sense, and a lot of executives thought they were going to do so. Bill Guerin did, obviously, his betting on that. There was a great, I believe it was Scott Burnside, um, who did a great piece-by-piece breakdown of that in the Wild's draft war room, or free agency war room, I believe it was, uh, this summer of the possibilities and the ideas of trading for him, so it, it was interesting to hear, um, and Vegas gets a, you know, gets Jack Eichel, and now Buffalo gets a couple more pieces back here, and Obviously, they didn't get the initial return they wanted, as we talked about on Mackey and Jed earlier this week. But uh, the Wild, though, I think, made the right decision—not um, not pulling the trigger on that. It would have been an initial haul. You know, those four first-round picks they were seeking at the beginning of the summer were just never going to be obtainable. And good for Vegas also for not stewing to that. And Buffalo eventually gets the right deal. Jack Eichel now uh, going to Vegas. But it was interesting that. That the Wild were basically in on Jack Eichel and out of his horse's mouth, he thought he was going to come here at one point.
1: So Bill Guerin, if he had uh, pulled the trigger on this trade, would have had to give up obviously a first-round pick, another high draft pick, Kevin Fiala and Boldy, or or the two draft picks, um, probably Boldy and Rossi. And I just don't know that I li- I don't know I like those options now jack eichel would have if he does and this is the problem it's an if now we think he will but he's going to have a surgical procedure performed that no hockey player there's no precedent for uh it's 2021 so hopefully it goes great it goes fine and he comes back and he's a star and if he is that would have given the wild a piece of the puzzle that they don't have the problem is, one is if it costs you Rossi. The Fiala thing is interesting because because he's going to be a restricted free agent after this coming season, Declan, and then unrestricted. So there's a chance that, that they would have said, no, no, no. We want Rossi, Boldy, who are in their first contracts, obviously, and two high draft picks. If you do that, you're taking the chance that Rossi goes to Buffalo and becomes mm-hmm. a star. Which I don't like. The other thing is, and this is this is what's going to bite the Golden Knights in the ass, and I don't know if it's going to work or not. And the Wild would have had the same exact problem: is the cap. Um, there are good players currently on the Vegas roster who they can't keep. Like they're going to have to yep. let guys go that they really like. Um, when when you've got the core of the roster that they do, and now Eichel's contract. You can't keep everybody. It's impossible. And so if you're the wild, that means, let's say you trade, um, let's say you trade Boldy, Rossi, and Draftix, okay? Just quickly. If you do that, you cannot re-sign Fiala. He's gone for sure. Yep. So now he's gone. So now you've got potentially a really good center. You've got Kaprizov, Zuccarello. But I feel like to make it through the playoffs, you have to have a semblance of a bottom six now, mm-hmm. and is that possible? Right. Well, like if you if like if you can't pay anybody else, is that possible? So I just I think in the end, Bill Guerin made the right call by weighing the the fact that one, the surgery is scary. Two, if I give up my two young uh, prospects, stars, possibly stars, and and now Fiala is gone for sure, and probably more. Cap wise I just, Eichel would be great fun to watch, and I do think um, him clicking on that first line would be outstanding. I don't know that if you put yourself in the right position for the long haul, though, to actually be as successful as possible, and you are just coming out of two contracts in Parisi and Suter that bogged you down. So I'm going to say what we talked about uh, on Mackie and Judd on Thursday, I still think the wild did the right thing by taking a pass here.
0: Yep. I think they did as well. Um, it would have been an exciting player. It's a big time position in need, but it would have cost a ton and it just, it got too complicated for the wild to try to figure out. So I I agree. I'm glad that they're done with it.
1: All right. Four, we are going to go with four questions. Okay. Judd's hockey show, four questions and question one, um, is this, how much and when does Kapokokkanen, The backup goalie to Cam Talbot for the Wild need to play. He has played in one game. Now, the schedule, to be fair, is staggered. So playing Talbot consistently is not that hard. The issue is Capo's played in one game, and we don't know. I'm guessing he's going to play again either against the Penguins or Islanders on Sunday. But as the season progresses here, Declan, how much more do you think the Wild needs to get Capo cocking in starts?
0: Well, he has to at least get, I think, two of these next four, because we we'll Wild have two sets of back-to-backs uh, coming up. They obviously have the Penguins on Saturday, the Islanders on Sunday. That's a road home game, respectively. And then their road-road, Coyotes-Golden Knights next Wednesday and Thursday. So usually, normal logic speaking, would say that you you can't run your goalie out for both those games. That hasn't stopped Dean Evason from doing that, though, in the past. Um, just examining what Cam Talbot has done so far through eight games, he's he's regressed for sure. He hasn't been a train wreck. I mean, the Wilders still winning games in front of him. He's you know, won six of his eight starts, so you can't really complain too much about that. But a lot like starting pitcher wins, it's more indicative on your offense in front of you that's leading that statistic. So if you want to look at his, his other main stats, goals above average and save percentage, you know, 272 a GAA and a, and a 905 save percentage, that's a little bit at league average and a little bit below league average, so it's not great. But the stat that is a little alarming, which is goal, sa- which is, excuse me, get this uh, right right terminology here, goal saved above average, which is a metric that basically means that they take the league's average save percentage with the number of shots a goalie has had, and then that resulting number is the average goals a goalie in whatever league you're evaluating in would al- would allow. So basically, if zeroes are an average goaltender for goal save above average. If you're below that, meaning you're negative, which Devin Dubnyk was consistently towards the end of his career, meaning he wasn't stopping the pucks, he should be stopping, um, that's a detriment. If you're above the zero line, meaning you're that's a good job, you're stopping the shots you should be stopping. Um, it's one thing to be good in high danger chances, but that's not the majority of your shots aren't going to come from there. So you have to stop the shots you should stop. That's That was the issue with Devin Dubnyk. Uh, towards the end and honestly through the majority of his tenure that he would stop high danger chances would not stop easy low low danger situations and through the first eight games cam talbot and goal saved above average is one of the worst goalies in the league he's 26 among 34 qualified goaltenders um so he is not stopping now it's not a huge one it's negative 1.47 so he's basically allowing a goal and a half more than he should be allowing in that small sample size it's only been eight games but there's other goaltenders, obviously, Markstrom, Bob, who's having a bounce back year in Florida, um, K- Carter Haught, who's also having a very good year. They're stopping the pucks they should be stopping at a high rate. Those are the three best goalies and goals saved above average. So regression was going to happen with Cam. We I talked to you about that in the preseason. That was obvious. It was going to ha- happen. But how severe was Cam Talbot's regression going to be? To the side, though, of playing Capo Kakanen, and this is where it gets honestly complicated because. Last year, Kapo, through a stretch of games looked phenomenal, and then the other second half of his tenure, he was unplayably bad. And you can't run into a situation where you're running out Cam Talbot for 70 plus starts like he did in Edmonton. And I know he was, you know, a Vesna got Besna votes that year, but towards the end, just got completely burnt out. Oilers get bounced in the second round, and and he was was not a very good goaltender down the stretch. And I don't know if Kapo Kakinen is the answer, but you have to figure out pretty damn quick. Because if Capo gets these two starts and, and underperforms, or doesn't live up to even average goaltending expectations, this is not something that you wait to address for. You have to address it immediately. And if that even means the short term, switching out someone in Iowa, try that. If that means trading for a backup goaltender earlier than the trade deadline, which happens all the time in this league, do that. Um... You basically have to have a self-discovery moment. I think over these next four games, that hopefully Capo gets two. I would personally play him on Saturday against Pittsburgh, with the Penguins being banged up and them not being a very good team. I would play Capo to start they're the back-to-back. Pretty good. The back. they're yeah, pretty good. They're but the Islanders, good. but the Islanders, in my opinion, are a better team, and that's on home ice. Give Cam Talbot the home ice. That's fine. I would rather go Capo Talbot in the in the first sets of these back-to-backs. Now, however, you want to figure that out for Coyotes. I think it's. I think Capo would probably play against the Coyotes because they're a lesser opponent than Vegas. Um, but that's how I would go about this, and that's the conundrum, I think, that the Wild do face through the first nine games.
1: So I think Capo has to play more for sure, and I, I'm i willing to give him um, more rope than that. Like, if, if he plays in these next two games and has one good game and one so-so game, I'm not going to yet make a move. I don't think there's anybody in the minors I want up here um, but I just think for the sake of the goaltending, and, and in some ways, you know, they're probably trying to, to find out the more I think about this, what they have in Camp Talbot as far as the regression goes. Cause your your stats are right. Like he he comes back to the mean a lot. He comes back down. Um, so they're probably trying to find that out too. But and I need to give him an opportunity to at least play enough where I don't. Feel that when i occasionally do play him i am uh almost in some ways setting him up to fail so i'm with you on that he needs to play more i need to see i don't know probably a month a month of him playing occasionally uh to decide there and i but i the more we talk about this i guess my greater concern is cam my greater concern is cam because you've uh been pointing this out since training camp which is what you saw last year could come back down and and it's not like he was Ken Dryden no last year he would but but he gave you a solid effort and goal and so the more that i i marinate on this topic dex i'm actually just as curious to see what you have here because if you have a guy who is okay, he's sort of good, but he's not what we thought he was, or he's not like. Do you just say we are going to ride this and we don't care? Do you say, oh my God, we got to make a um, adjustment there? Like that's the question to me. Because if we get to uh, springtime and the playoffs, you can't have like. Well, Cam's not playing that great, but he's still our guy, right? Right. So, so the the goaltending thing, and to be clear. I don't think they're going to make a change, but the goaltending thing is one of the most interesting things. Um, And it does feel like, and I don't have the splits here. It feels like Cam has played better on the road than at home so far, but that's just an eye test thing. I'm I'm not checking the stats out. Um, But the one one thing that you have to have, and it's been hit and miss, especially from Cam Talbot, Declan, is you have to have the ability to make that big first save. Yeah. You cannot keep going down. And it felt like there was a stretch of what, three or four games where it was just like, well, they're down one, nothing again. They're going to have to rally back. That's the one thing. And it's what, eight or nine games in, so there's plenty of time to correct this. But that's the one thing where I feel that you need him to make it a save, where you say, Oh my God, that was a great save. But it was imperative to the success of the
0: team. Well, you are correct on his on his splits this year. He's started five games on the road and he's been very good in those five games. Uh a two zero two GAA, nine thirty-three save percentage. Um just has allowed just six even strength goals in those five games. Uh but at home. In only three games. So lesser sample size. He's played about a, about 60 minutes less. Or excuse me. About 100 minutes less. Uh, than he has on the road. He's allowed, he's allowing about four goals a game. Which is obviously yep. unplayable. Um, so those will even out. Uh, obviously since the Wild have been on the road more than they've been at home. But you bring up a good point. I mean I, I'm looking at it as like. Well what's the insurance policy behind Cam Talbot. And I think your Bigger your your question and your concern is actually the bigger one here. Well, like, forget about the insurance policy for Cam for Cam. What about just Cam Talbot? Right? Like Correct. what 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 That's about just going. Cam? I do think exactly. Cam's a capable goalie that can that can carry you. Yeah. He played well in the playoffs last year. He was he was the furthest thing of the reason why they didn't win that series against Vegas. Um, right. But but yes, but he needs you need to give him ample rest. And he also is a goalie that can get hot, but you can't burn him out. You just can't burn him out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Topic number two. Kirill Kaprizov finally scores a goal off a, a beautiful feed from Fiala in overtime on Tuesday night. The wild wins. And Kirill is is clearly relieved. I, I think uh, Dean's quote was that Kirill had told an assistant coach that it felt like he, he had scored the first goal of his entire life. It felt <laughs> so good. He talked about it. Actually, did uh, I think his first press conference with an interpreter uh, since training camp on um, on Thursday? Talked about it. So my question to you is this: Is this the beginning of the floodgate Steklingov having opened for Kirill, or are you still not convinced that it's it's the same as it was? Throughout so much of his rookie season,
0: it is one hundred percent the sign that he's going to break out. Um, there's there's no reason why he won't. Um, what was it, Mackie and Judd on statements or who gets it, who doesn't? Um, I said both him and Fiala here are are sleeping giants. That their advanced metrics and even honestly their traditional stats suggest that they're playing better than their than their than they're, than they're um, performing. Uh, his shots are up. He's shooting the puck a ton. He's shooting the puck almost up. up One and a half, almost half the time, more than double the rate he was last season. Um, That's been phenomenal for him. His course, he is through the roof. His offensive zone time is being started at 71%. Yes, I think this opens the floodgates. He brought up a good point, too. He's notoriously been a slow starter. This happened, I believe, his second to last year in Russia, where, yeah, he didn't have a goal in his first 10 games. And then all of a sudden, he was basically a goal for game player the rest of the way. Uh, yes, this is this is fine. Um, it wasn't, and I don't think it was a full-on panic meter with us. But there was things that we were noticing that he just wasn't doing last right. season in the first eight games. Um, yep. And for Go him for to it. score it in overtime too, I mean, it just adds a dramatic flair. But yes, I, I do believe that this is a sign that the floodgates will open here after just one goal in his first nine games. Um, I, I believe he's about to get even hotter here.
1: I think you're exactly right, and and I think the the goal in OT. Off the pass from uh, Fiala is part of it. Here's the other part. Um Zuccarello's coming back. I think he might be back as early as Sunday or the game after that. All right. He comes back. And what was the thing before Matt's um, went into COVID protocols? What's the thing, Declan, that, that we talked about? There was clear evidence that for, from the first few games, through the first few games, that Carrillo uh, was not shooting enough clearly from the stat that you just read that has changed so he is now shooting more if he is going to shoot more zuccarello is back bingo yeah right yeah 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 bingo so so um it felt like when when the line was ek zuccarello and kaprizov that at least zuccarello and kaprizov were passing a lot with zuccarello out krill i think has definitely started to shoot more and, and there is absolutely no reason now uh, with his confidence probably up that he doesn't continue. And if he's going to pass more and playing with Mats again, I think that that is the the, um, the potential answer to the problems that plagued him. So I think you're right. I think he's going to go on a, a hot stretch here. Um, hopefully for his sake it continues on Saturday. But if you have Zuccarello back and passing the puck like he can and Kirill shooting it, He's going to
0: score goals. Yeah, and I I want Matt to shoot more too, but he's obviously a natural playmaker, and and Kaprizov is shooting has at. Shoot, right? Yeah, one of them has to shoot. Like, so. One of them just has to shoot. Uh, so yes, I I do think it's a good sign. Hopefully, Matt's is back on Sunday or close to it. Um, they need him back, and and yeah, Kirill though this is good. Him and Fiala, I think, are are about to get really hot here. Fiala is naturally a more streaky player than Kirill is. That we really yep. we we have that evidence. But um, I oh, think yeah. both of them here are about to get hot.
1: Can I tell you one thing, too? Yes, sir. And it's a meaningless thing, and I've complained before. I'll keep it brief. But why do they still do three stars if Kevin Fiala (laughs) didn't get a star in that game that we were both at Tuesday? Kevin Fiala had a brilliant game. (laughs) saw because he scored the goal. I hate this, too. He scored the overtime goal, the number one star of of the entire game, okay? Kevin Fiala had a magnificent game. Carell had a nice game. Not that good. Like, why do we do this? I, I like, hate just it. Just stop doing it. Like, I, but I love the tradition. I like it. But like, right. I'll pick them for you. It ain't that hard.
0: I think. Well, I think. Uh, go for hockey. When I covered college hockey, you know, they always asked us for three stars. They, they'd ask the media for the three good. stars, and I think Saint Cloud did the same thing. Um, yeah, I would I think, rather us do that.
1: I don't know who do- does it now, but I'm just saying, if Kevin Fiala didn't get recognition for what he did on Tuesday night, he'll never get it. I agree. I, I love that game from him.
0: Mm-hmm. He was, he was like their best player. scoring
1: chances, but yeah, he was. No, Fiala was it, their best player. Foligno, um, Fiala, Fiala, and then perhaps Kirill. Yeah. I mean, Marcus was, was great too. All right. Question three, question three actually ha- has a sponsor for the first yes, time does. ever. Welcome to Judd's hockey show, Livia weight control centers. And if you are um, a, a, a fan of ours and we appreciate that and you tune in and watch us on YouTube, and you're saying, Judd, have you lost weight? Because, I mean, you got that old gray man beard, but you would look like you got about two less chins. You are an observant person. When I when I went to my first appointment with, with the folks at L- Livia, I was uh, 240 pounds. 240 pounds, which was way too much. Since then, I've taken off in five weeks, 21 pounds. Wow. Off, I'm down to 218, 218 now on my way to 200 pounds. And I want you to join me. And here is the best news. First 10 weeks are free. That's right. Your first 10 weeks are free. And so if you join me now, keep in mind. So first 10 weeks free, five weeks, I'm down 21 pounds. Livia.com is the place to go. Or call 855-GO-LIVIA. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com, folks. It works. And last thing, there's a program at the end. So once I get to my goal weight, right around 200 pounds for me, Livia is going to help me stay there. That's right. No more. Yo, yo, Livia.com. Check them out. All right. Third question for you, Declan Goff. Uh-huh. It involves this one. We are nine games in, 10 game mark tomorrow. What is your biggest concern regarding the Minnesota Wild after nine games? <laughs>
0: So I mean, goaltending, I think, is the is the biggest one that we talked about in in, in the start. Uh, but I'll obviously I'll, I'll give you a, a, a different one here. Sure. Um, I know he's hurt, but I, I think I'm out on it. And Jordan Greenway, uh, where Ooh. not not necessarily his play, as I'm concerned with, because I think I know who he is. My concern is this team is really just fine without him, um, and I don't know then how you flip him. He obviously would have to play to build up some more value. The Wild aren't just gonna cut him or or take just a a ham sandwich for him either but my my concern is is these young kids that that mostly wants to keep around but then he also trades a guy like Luke Cunning uh for Nick Benino, which then could bite them in the butt and you don't want to just bail on young players and I I understand why you don't want to just cut break on on Jordan Greenway who led this team in assists I believe last year correct um he had a he had a very solid season last year uh, but I just don't know where he fits into this team long term um, and with him being out now, I think it just, it validates that that's where my biggest concern would be.
1: Yeah. Um, contractually, I don't think he does. Right. He He's up. I He's up in the next couple of years, if not after this season and with their cap, I don't think that they can pay him. So, but yeah, he's just, you know, it's just, it's so frustrating Declan because there are times where the big rig plays hard <laughs> and you're like, Oh, you know, Oh my gosh, he and Felino, it's the perfect, right. And then there's times where he disappears and I don't know that he has the ability to be consistent. And, and that goes then to what Charlie Coyle 2.0, right? So yeah, I think contractually it's going to become an easier decision to not retain him. I don't know if that means trying to trade him or if that means that he eventually just walks. Um, I've got a, a bigger picture concern because it, it doesn't involve one player. It involves, Units actually involves two of them, special teams. The wild penalty kill, Mr. Goff, 73.7%. That is 25th in the league right now. That is not sufficient. Now let's transition to the wild power play, 18th, 20%. I want to see both those up. Yeah, I want to see both those up. Let me start with the power play. Okay. You have too much firepower on that that's what first I, that's unit. What I told you not to be. No, no, not to be successful more. No, okay. I'm not saying break it up. I break it I'm up. saying score more damn goals. Yeah. Zuccarello. Look, Zuccarello is going to come back. Capriza, Fiala, shooter, shoot the puck. Um, I told you I, I might experiment r- right now because Goudreau has slid into the zuccarello spot i might experiment with dumba on a point dumba but no you have too much fire plot power on that first power play not to be scoring more goals score more (laughs) goals and and i know that the hockey cliche and players uh and the hockey insiders hate the old shoot 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 but and i see this from a lot of teams the desire to find a shooting lane and make the perfect play Um, You can't score unless you get the puck on net. And you can't get the puck on net unless you shoot. And you don't need to score beautiful goals. You need to find a way to get the puck to the net. And once you do that, rebounds occur, broken plays occur, Uh, the penalty kill. Here's my complaint there. Okay. And I I actually I think I mentioned this to you Tuesday during the game from the press box. In the press box. Um, Be more aggressive. Quit laying back. It feels like the Felino and Eck pair, especially, they get in the box, right? Everyone's in the box, and they're going to take away chances. But what don't they do? They don't pressure. Pressure guys. Pressure the points. Come out more often. The guy I will give credit to, Declan Goff, is your guy. When he kills penalties, watch 22. Kevin Fiala, watch him kill a penalty. He tries to think like the offense is. Mm-hmm. And he then puts pressure on them. Yep. Apply pressure. Sitting back and waiting for shots to happen to, again, create rebounds and scoring chances is not the way to go. And I know now it's all about clogging lanes. Clog the shooting lane and they can't shoot. The smart teams, one, move, move the puck too quick to consistently do that. And two, got to find a way to shoot, and some teams do. Erikssonek is a pest. Let him be a pest. So my concern and the wild power play wise got off to a horrendous start in the pandemic short in 2021 and then came back and Mm -hmm. and actually started to click. So there is plenty of time here. We're only nine games in, but special teams is my biggest complaint.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, So far, the season league average for the power play is 20 percent. The wild are at 20 percent. So they've basically been a league average power play unit. Uh, penalty kill the league is not killing good. 79% of yeah, of like power plays out. and the wild are only killing 73 so uh yet yeah, if anything be elite at one of these things um and right now you're league average and severely below league average um on the power play penalty kill respectively so yes you you, I, you do need to figure it out you, there's too many horses on that top unit i that's my take on it um for it, again, no, I, know I, you I and so, i agree yeah. for it not to be successful i i 100% yep. hear you but at that point then if it's if it's league average and break it up Spread out the wealth. Okay, I
1: got a question for for you. That is an impromptu. <clears throat> excuse me, as I swallow wrong. Impromptu question on a stat. Possibly. Do you have what Cam Talbot's save percentage and goals against is uh, while the Wild are short handed? Yeah. Uh, because the old cliche is what your best penalty killer is your, is goal-tender. your goaltender. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm curious how he's doing um, while playing goal while the Wild is short handed.
0: Let's see here.
1: Thank you. Sorry to spring that
0: on you. So, on the power play this season, when when facing the power play, so when Cam Talbot is obviously on the penalty kill, he has allowed eight goals on fifty shots. That's an eight forty save percentage. So, mm. I don't know what league average is off the top of my That's head. I, I can't. Say. I can't get the what the league that average seems like number it would is. Be below, right? Um, well, it would definitely be. Obviously, you're going to score more on the chances because you have. An extra Correct. man. Or your, your the other the opposition is down a man, so naturally you have a higher chance of scoring. Um, yep. So, like, what it, like league average save percentage is usually like anywhere between nine twenty five on five. So, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that power play would probably be between like eight ninety and nine hundred, right? Like it it would be a it would be a dip. So, yep. I would assume if I and I don't know if I can figure out league average save percentage here before we wrap, but that is probably a little bit below league average. Yes, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Good stuff. All right, final question on this edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Did the Wild do the right thing, in your opinion, by sending Kalen Addison back to to the Iowa Wild now that Goligoski uh, is going to come back for the Pittsburgh game? He obviously then just defaults up to the top pairing with Spurgeon. Kalen played on the third pairing and played quite well mm-hmm. on Tuesday night. Do you think that it was the right thing to send him back down to the American Hockey League affiliate uh, in order to get him more substantial playing time in the minors?
0: Uh, So I would personally play him a lot more. Um, Here you mean? uh, Yeah, here. Uh, I just just don't believe him going down to Iowa at this point really does a whole lot for his career. I understand the logic. Um, I understand why teams are doing that. You can send him
1: down without the waiver process. Right.
0: And I get that you want him to get top-line minutes, but I, there isn't much for him to accomplish down there. Um, and John Merrill, and I'll, I'll credit John Merrill and, and Kulikov, they have played well. The, that third pairing's been, I mean, there was holes on that defense like when you lost Suter um, and Goligoski, who should be back this weekend. Uh, th- there was, all of a sudden, a blue line that's been their staple looked not suspect, but beatable for the first time in a long time. Uh, but that third pairing's been great so you don't really want to mess with it too much. I think regression will happen. I think regression's obvious with that third pairing, uh, but I'd rather Kaelin Addison play third pairing and maybe even get like power play timed on the second unit than him going to Iowa, playing 20-plus minutes a night, being the guy in the power play there, because I just don't think it does a whole lot for him.
1: <clears throat> I love that, and you're exactly <laughs> right. You're exactly right. And, and here's my, here's my um, confusion slash consternation with the thought process of oh good he needs to go back down and play one is he played in three playoff games here they trusted him he can play here like this is not a a boldy well you don't know what's going to happen and you're that might be you know it might be a lot to ask my consternation about this is why do we treat third pairing defensemen like they are fourth line guys you play like the third pairing defenseman plays, right? Yeah. So I don't understand. We act like it's a fourth line winger. Oh, well, he'll never play on the third <laughs> pairing. That's not true. Go look at go look at how much time the third pairing for the Wild played last year. So I'm with you totally. I I would have left him here. Kulikov, I like Merrill. I'm pretty convinced you wouldn't kill you to scratch him.
0: No, I I agree with you. Um, I think. Kalen Addison's looks like a nice player. It was a great trade by uh by 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 Bill Guerin to get him from from Pittsburgh for the Jason Zucker trade. So that was that was pretty solid. So um but going back, by the way, I I've been I, I digging for this uh power play statistic. Um and I can't find league average, but what I can tell you among qualified goaltenders who have played at least five games this year. Cam Talbot ranks twenty-fifth out of out of thirty-four qualified goaltenders against the power play. So yes, below league average. Below league. He's been below league average on the power play. And you need more Yeah, you do. You do. But um but but back to Kaylin Addison, yes. I, I do want him to play here more. Goaltending is my concern, I think, for the wild on top of uh of Jordan Greenway's future. But
1: why do we treat I why do we think of of a third pairing defenseman as a fourth line winger?
0: Yeah, not like not We act I'm like you don't sure.
1: play. Right. Ian, Ian Cole played a ton. Mm-hmm. That third pairing last year played a ton. So, like, I don't understand this whole, well, he's not going to, if he's not going to play. Okay, if you're going to scratch him, uh, but I can give you a Ben and Merrill in the press box, potentially. And look, if he plays here for a while and struggles, send him down. But the other thing, too, last point about that kid is, if he doesn't struggle, Dex, second power play. Yeah, like he's a power play guy. Yes, he is. That's exactly and, why. And and I would be very intrigued to see him on a point. I think he'd be good. Uh, so yeah, I I don't think it's like some gross mistake or injustice, uh, but I do get frustrated by the well. It's the right thing to do because he just wouldn't play here. That's a bunch of BS. All right, um, we are done. As I said, the Wild playing uh, in Pittsburgh on Saturday. Islanders at home on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would imagine, Declan, that if it sounds right, we'll be back on uh, late Sunday night. Yeah, maybe Sunday night
0: or Monday morning, yeah.
1: Or Monday with another episode. Judd's Hockey Show will be 11 games in then. So we'll talk to you. But before we go, Declan has something to say. Pass, shoot, score. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks.